know you a lot. This is Big Bands and Beyond. Paul Rigby here. And this month, we've got a very special guest by the name of Michael Feeney, who's played with Ferguson, composer and arranger, directs with WDR for 10 years. And uh, we've also got a gig list in the playlist too, so hope you enjoy. OK, get your dancing shoes on for this first number, the SWR Big Band, and don't stop till you get enough. Yes, it's Paul Rigby here. With Big Bands and Beyond, we've got a special guest, as I mentioned, Michael Labini, who's uh, what an amazing guy. I spoke with him earlier on in the month, and he's worked with some phenomenal people, even at high school level when he started out as a young player himself. But the stuff he's, he's done and worked with and churned out millions of compositions for various ensembles, groups, and recording sessions and jingles he talks about um, you'll hear all about it very shortly but we'll play one more, this is Frank Sinatra and this is Saturday Night is the Loneliest Night of the Week 
Saturday night is the loneliest night in the week. Cause that's the night that my sweetie and I used to dance cheek to cheek. I don't mind a Sunday night at all. Cause that's the night friends come to call. And Monday to Friday go fast. And another week is past. But Saturday night is the loneliest night in the week. I sing the song that I sang for the memories I usually seek. Until I hear you at the door. Until you're in my arms once more. Saturday night is the loneliest night of the week. Saturday night is the loneliest night of the week. I sing the song that I sang for the memories I usually see. Until I hear you at that door. Until you're in my arms once more. Saturday night is the loneliest night of the Well, that swings you into bad health. Uh, 1944, actually, it was I've just checked that out. Was published and uh, music by Julie Stein and lyrics by Sammy Khan. It's been interpreted uh, apparently as referring to the separation of romantic partners during wartime but Khan said that the song actually refers to show business people who were not working on Saturday night. Hi, I'm Bobby Shu. You're listening to Paul Rigby's Big Band and Beyond. Thank you very much. Enjoy. Mark Lapini, a well-established guy on the circuit and has been around for many, many years, starting off at a young age of, I think, about 13, 14, doing uh, compositions and arrangements at school. No former training, uh, but his music that he writes is quite incredible. We're going to uh, listen to Michael now uh, following a great interview and... Um, this is what he had to say. We've always associated your great writing with you as a composer. How did you get into this and what influenced you on your journey as one? Uh, well, first of all, I, I started, you know, I, I've never studied, um, had any professional studying composition and arranging. 
And I studied piano when I was a kid, but I was I liked playing, but I hated practicing. You know, my father was a guitar player in the Freddie Green tradition, so we had a lot of the Benny Goodman and Basie, uh, you know, some some Ellington and a lot of those. Uh, he had a lot of the Earl Hines, uh, uh, Louis Armstrong duet record. So there was a lot of music there. And at some point, I just, especially I think from listening to the Benny Goodman stuff was my curiosity of how this looked on paper. Basically, what I did, uh, I got, basically, I got the writing bug. I mean, really early, maybe I was about 13 or 14, becoming interested in writing. So what, what I did, I, there was uh, places in New York City at the time, you could go, um, store, they didn't have the jazz things that they have now published. In those days, it was the Johnny Warrington arrangements. I don't know if you're aware of that. Very stock arrangements and... Uh, I, I, I would, when I, this was when I was born in Brooklyn, New York. We moved out to Long Island. And what I would do is just get uh, books on transposition and and basically start writing and then bring them to, like, when I was growing up in Long Island, then they had a lot of these uh, uh, rehearsal bands and uh, some great players. Uh, Oliver Nelson was living out in the island at the time, uh, Clark Terry. I was a great bunch of people. And there was a lot of, there was a Long Island Jazz Society at the time. So I would just bring charts in and, and get um, get uh, some c- constructive criticism. Sometimes, you know, if, if, so I found out, like, why did this happen? Why doesn't this happen? And they were nice enough to explain to me why certain things sounded terrible and why some things sounded good. So I just was writing 29 hours a day at home. And then when I... Um, I mean, I just carried that over. I just fell in love with it, you know. And uh, I, I still like playing, but I still... At even that age, I still favored the writing. And a lot of embarrassing moments, but I mean, I still learn. And, and had the good fortune of people like, I don't know if you know John Laporta, a wonderful uh, saxophonist arranger. And he was one of my mentors when I was a teenager. And he was great help as far as constructing criticism. When I went up to London, it was a high school band there in Farmingdale, Long Island. The conductor was Marshall Brown. And in that, which eventually he got fired because and he eventually, along with George Green from the Newport Festival, just uh, created the Newport Youth Band, which is where we met Eddie Daniels and and and, and uh, Ronnie Cuber and Eddie Gomez. I mean, some great players. And so I, and I started writing all the time, even more so. What an insight. And there's obviously a lot more to follow. We'll quickly uh, get on the road with some more music. And this is Bob Minzer with My Romance. <laughs> Thank you. 
sounds of fabulous Bob Minzer, take from the 1988 album Spectrum. And the beat goes on.
Chico Farrell there with Caravan. What an amazing arrangement that one was. Well, we talked to Michael Benny, if you've just joined us, and uh, you've not missed much. And this is question number two. And as you got more involved with your writing, were you uh, asked to join any bands? I was recommended then uh, to Maynard Ferguson. Well, I was playing with the trumpet player Don Ellis when I was about 18 or 19. And uh, Jackie Byatt, who was the pianist on Maynard's band at the time, was also one of my favorite composers and arrangers. I don't know if you know that much about him. And a very interesting pianist. Don and, and Jackie recommended me Maynard's band. So when I was 19, I, I got on Maynard's band and started immediately writing. In fact, when I was in the Newport Youth Band, I had a non-et with okay. uh, Eddie Daniels and, and Eddie Gomez. And the drummer was Larry Rosen, who became GRP Records. Uh, so I was writing constantly. I just uh, it's and I just learned from reading books, even with string writing. I used to go buy classical scores, just see what the heck going. You know, you're <clears> looking <throat> at the Beethoven, the Bach, and you, and you realize, geez, you know, and then you get to, you get to kind of psych it out. But that was those like I said in those days, you didn't have the the the, the uh, like they didn't have the Thad Jones and uh, there was no no material really of of, of uh, contemporary kind of band writing. It was always yeah. like the stock arrangements like Glenn Miller stocks and. Basie stocks. So, but now, yeah. of course, you got a, a mountain yeah. full of music you can of choose course. from. I'm Georgina Jackson, and you're listening to Paul Ridley's Big Bands and Beyond. Thanks, Georgina. And guesting with us this month is the amazing Michael Abini, and uh, he's given us a wonderful insight into the world of his music. So, how do you compare and contrast between you as a musician and you as a, a composer? Uh, do you like one more than the other? What What's your thoughts? I think at this point, the last number of years, I prefer listening to my writing than, than playing. Uh, when I was doing the WDR band almost as, you know, for 11 years, and I was going back and forth on a continuous basis, I was doing a lot more playing over there. Uh, and when I was teaching in Graz, Austria, I was doing more playing, like duo playing with the horn player. Um, and and maybe an interesting singer or something. But so when I was over there, I was doing a lot more playing, and which was fun because it was a situation in a duo where it was more freedom for me as far as playing with the rhythm section. Although I did some gigs with the rhythm sections, yeah, yeah. but um, when I was over in Europe, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed playing because it was a more challenging way of playing. We'll play some more music now, but of course, Michael will be back with more inspiring stuff. Only suit on is hanging on my back But I've got my choice of every 
Gable there with Donald Fagan's arrangement of Walk Between the Raindrops. And the track before it was the wonderful Nancy Wilson. Now, after some lovely vocal charts there, I think we hand back to the interview with Michael Abeni. You also mentioned in passing uh, about Don Ellis and... Uh, that's another way of writing his, his weird time signatures and uh, the musical stave. It's quite incredible, really, and the, and the music that he produces. You know, when I played with Don, he was living in New York at the time, and we were just doing quartet playing, but it was a lot of free improvisational music also, beside some funny time signature things, but a lot of it was very free, uh, some written stuff, but it was more like, you know, okay, how are we going to do this now? It's going to... So yeah. that was, I really had a, a ball with, with Don. In fact, when I was on Maynard's Band, he came back for a couple of gigs right. to play. And he sounded great. He could play, the, he was a very good, like, bebop player also. I mean, yeah. uh, people associated him with all this other thing. But he can do the whole, he had the whole thing covered. But his ideas were off the scale for them, I guess, because oh, yeah. like, like Turkish bath, for instance, having a soprano was <laughs> a semitone apart. I mean, it's... You know, I love that. I mean, I think it's, I mean, he had, uh, I would like to know who funded that band, because that was a... That was a, a, a size of a small village. <laughs> had that many players on that band. We had yeah. singers, strings, and you know everything. And uh, yeah, it's a shame. He, Timothy, I forgot what he passed away from, but he certainly passed away at a very young age. Yeah, it's a shame. You know, I, I still remember what it was. Sure. But, yeah, I, I loved the band. In fact, yeah. some of the guys would say the hardest thing he played was a four-four blues. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> they said, "Yeah, what are we be doing? Playing?" They probably won't be able to do it. Yeah, it's too easy. <laughs> too easy. Well, if you just joined us, we've got a special guest, which is the amazing Michael Abeni, who originally played with the Ferguson Band at a really young age and has just took off uh, writing and composing music for many, many variety of ensembles. We'll come back to him shortly, but I thought it'd be nice to play one of his arrangements in conjunction with Dave Grusin and the GRP Big Band off the album West Side Story he did two arrangements one was a jet song with Dave Grusin and this one we're going to play right now and this is America <laughs>
Big Band and Beyond if you want to get in touch with the show, you can contact us via the email address, which is bigbandsbeyond20 at gmail.com. That's bigbandsandbeyond20 at gmail.com. If you want to get in touch, obviously just send us some info, whether it's a request or a big band you want to hear or an album you've just listened to that you like. Do get in touch and we might even interview you. And also you can get us on the Facebook page too. You're listening to Michael Benny. He's our special guest this month, and he's been talking about his compositions and the people he's he's worked with. And uh, now I quizzed him on a, a track that I've been working on with one of the bands I play with, and this is one of Maynard Ferguson's called Fox Hunt, and he wrote this back in the 60s, and he's talking about that now. Funnily enough, one of the bands that I work with, the managers in Bolton, they're working on one of your arrangements. I couldn't believe it when I opened the, the piece up and it's got your name on it uh, and the tune is uh, The Fox Hunt. Oh my God, that was like 1962, I wrote that. You know, it's funny, with, with, uh, with Maynard, he would play that chart over and over for years and every time he played it, it got faster. <laughs> he got the temples up faster. A couple other things, like on the chart I did on Arigen for him, Division recordings and one chart, but as he got played over the years, it kept getting faster. But um, it was nice that they were playing. That's that's yeah, that's good. No, that's that's good. a good point. That was but, an early chart. Yeah. Well, good, I mean, yeah. I had written some things before that, but the, 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 there was a, a couple of series of recordings we did for Roulette Records that they wanted um, Maynard wanted to break the contract, so we had a bunch of us just write originals for like three albums worth of music. You know, myself, Don Menza. Willie Maiden, uh, um, I forget, Ernie Wilkins might have done a couple of things, and uh, Tom McIntosh. So so out of that came Fox Hunt and a few other things that may not continue to play. But it, it was interesting. Uh, I, I talked to Peter Erskine about this at one time, because he, he was on Maynard's band for a yeah. short while, I think. And I, and I and he said to me, "How come is that the original Temple of Origin? I said, no way. This is Callum Al, and you're listening to Paul Rigby, Big Bands and Beyond. As Michael talked there about Fox Hunt, and Maynard Ferguson's increasing tempos, I thought it'd be worthwhile having a listen to that very track.
You were at Big Bands and Beyond were listening to the interview of Michael Abeni. And uh, those have been listening. He's done some wonderful things so far and he's told us all about his composition, the people he's worked with. Now, one of the albums that I was trying to track down for a long time, it actually was a, a track that um, eluded me for a while and I just happened to hear it um, as I were filing through some YouTube stuff and up popped this track called Tonk. And it happens to be on a WDR performance featuring Maceo Parker doing a Ray Charles thing and it happens to be a full hour and a half of the show which they're all great arrangements of Michael's so I asked him about that YouTube I'm always looking at the uh, WDR with the Ray Charles project that Maceo Parker was involved with and some great stuff on there Maceo was great working with the first project we did with him was uh, um, Blue, Roots and Grooves I think one, it was a two CD set. One, uh, the first set where he sang, you know, was, was a dedication right. to Ray Charles, and we used the, the WDR rhythm section. And then the second part it was his funk stuff, which we used uh, Dennis Chambers on drums, a wonderful player, yeah. and his and his bassist Skeet Curtis. Okay. So it was it was an interesting where we were traveling, and we did a lot of touring when it first came out. A lot of touring, and and Maceo was just great to work with. A, Total profession. It took me a while to track down the opening number, actually, the, the tonk arrangement. Um, was that Maceo's, or did you arrange that, or where did that come from? It, it was Maceo's idea to open with something. He actually gave me the tune. It oh. was uh, it's like a 16-bar blues, and uh, he used it to come out on stage. He would come out with yeah. the dark glasses on a la Ray right. Charles, and he yeah, actually, yeah. at one point he actually played a little piano. Right. But then, then we, we we didn't want to do that. He just said he came out and just to bring him out. And the band it was it was fun playing it because the band it was kind of with the band to warm up. Also on the same album, Hallelujah Lover. So I hate to say it, but the piano player was incredible on the whole, on the organ. And uh, I think Maceo was uh, quite surprised. And he had to have his game face on. As you could have heard the audience, this pianist Frank Chastanier, wonderful pianist, and he re he actually retired from the band early. The, the gentleman we have now is an American guy, Billy Tess, who's an incredible right. player, also. Right. But Frank was uh, Frank was a real crowd uh, crowd pleaser. He was, wasn't he? <laughs> he couldn't stay still. Yeah, he's saying, man. I mean, it's a great solo. Yeah, yeah Macy had a great time, man. I tell you, he, he really enjoyed it. and We all did. That yeah. the first tour when we, when we first put the recording out, we did the North Sea Festival, and then we were we toured France and then toured Spain. Right. So we did a lot of great concerts with with him at every place we played. It was full houses, incredible Amazing. audiences. So it was, it was a, it was a fun tour. We talked about the Roots and Grooves album, Maceo Parker's wonderful adaptation of, of Ray Charles stuff, and we're going to finish off the first viewing of the show uh, into part two after the break, and we're going to play one off that album, which I just spoke about, which is Hallelujah, I Love Her So check out the keyboard solo or shall I say organ
106.7 FM, streaming from our website and on smart speakers, live and local across the Ribble Valley. Ribble FM News. From the Sky News Centre at 10, the fathers of two students stabbed to death in Nottingham have come together for a vigil and urged their friends to look after each other. I've lost my baby boy and I can't even comprehend how I'm going to deal with it. She loves coming up to Nottingham. In fact, we couldn't get her down. Grace O'Malley Kumar and Barnaby Weber were killed yesterday morning. Daisy Forster from the Students' Union addressed their families. I cannot possibly comprehend the grief and pain that you must feel today, but please remember that you have 38,000 students standing behind you, and as a university community, we will always be here when you need us. The third victim, school caretaker Ian Coates, was also remembered. Police are questioning a suspect who's also accused of trying to enter a care home. One of three British tourists who died in a boat fire in Egypt has been named as the chief executive of St Luke's Hospice in Plymouth. Christina Quinn's colleagues say they'll miss her enormously. A 34-year-old man's died on railway tracks in South London after a car chase with police. It happened in Streatham. The boss of ITV's denied turning a blind eye to reports Philip Schofield was involved in an inappropriate relationship. Dame Carolyn McCall has told MPs there wasn't any evidence, only rumour. But the committee's chair, Dame Caroline Dinanage, seems unimpressed. There's a, just a sense that it feels like it's everything is everybody else's fault. You know, that the problems at this morning are the fault of Philip Schofield. Tory MP Nadine Dorries insists she still intends to resign after being accused of dragging it out. She'd been rumoured to get a peerage in Boris Johnson's resignation honours list, but didn't. And Silvio Berlusconi's even dividing opinion at his funeral. The former Italian Prime Minister was described in the eulogy as having people who applauded him and who detested him. That's the latest. I'm Anna Bates. Let's get this joint jumping straight away with the fabulous Phil Collins Big Band and Susudio.
Phil Collins' big band there with Susudio from his Live in Paris album. Right, part two, everybody, and uh, the first half was uh, some great stuff from Michael Abeni, the great composer, pianist, who uh, originally played with Ferguson way back in the 60s and has done plenty of other things since, and he's been talking to me about all that stuff. And uh, lucky for you lot, there's more to follow. So shortly we'll be back with Michael... Uh, to give us some more of his marvellous info. Now I think we should have some Ray Charles and this is Oh What a Beautiful Morning with the Count Basie Orchestra. There's a bright golden haze in the meadow I There's a bright the meadow The cone is as high as an elephant's eye And it looks like it's climbing Clear up to the sky Where I say, oh, what a beautiful morning, yeah, yes, what a wonderful day, y'all look out there, I've got a beautiful feeling, everything's, everything going my way, Standing like statues The cattle are standing like statues They don't turn their heads As they see me ride by But a little brown maverick Is winking her eyes She said, oh, what a beautiful moan
to sing a tune. Hey, hey, this is Bob Mincer, saxophonist, composer, arranger, long-term member of the Yellow Jackets, conductor of the WDR Big Band, and you are listening to Paul Rigby's Big Bands and Beyond, over and out. Right, we're back on the trail of Michael Benny and... Uh, over the years, he's obviously collated with the inspirational writing that he does many great arrangements. Back in the days of Maynard Ferguson, we heard, obviously, Fox Hunt. I'm going to play another one of, of the Ferguson era before we hear some more of, of Michael. This is a tune called Knife. <laughs>
great arrangement by Michael Abeni. So here's Michael again, and I asked him about his playing and his composition writing. What came first, the chicken or the egg? At what point was you writing and piano playing? Was it at the same time, or did, it, did the composing take over? How did it work? It's kind of even, and then it gradually really became more interested in, in writing than playing. And okay. I, I think one of the reasons when, when you had play some clubs, the pianos were so terrible. <laughs> it was such a turnoff to do it. And I figured, well, if I write a good shot, it's going to stick around hopefully for, for years. If I play a, have a great night on the piano, the next night nobody's going to remember it. <laughs> <laughs> so do you still get nervous when you compose a piece of music? Uh, does it keep you on the edge? How do you feel when you write something and you produce it and put it in front of the band? Yeah, I always worry. I I still worry, you know, when, when somebody says, well, how was your chart? I said, it looks great on paper. I said, but then, then you know, go to every, to this day, when the first time I hear my chart, I'm really nervous. Right. I, I'm really, you know, like, you know, kind of panic, you know, yeah. panic stricken until I hear something. And I'm always, over, from doing record dates, I also go into a studio with a plan B. You know, go in there, all right, this is not working. How do I fix it now? You know, yeah. not tomorrow. But now, yeah, yeah. so I, I kind of go in like with the second heartbeat. Big bands and beyond with Paul Rigby. We'll have more from Michael Benny later on in the show, but for now, we need to get on with the pandemic playlist. Pandemic playlist. Dave is first up. Hey, Dave, this is for you, brother. And this is Bob Minzer's Mr. Phonebone. <laughs>
from the 1983 album Camouflage, and there was about four or five he did round about that period. All classic Minza stuff. This is Callum Al, and you're listening to Paul Rigby, Big Bands and Beyond. get around much anymore that's for you Jay Hunter and I hope you like that version because you didn't specify which band you wanted so fingers crossed oh and if you're wondering who it was the unmistakable piano playing of Gene Harris with the Philip Morris super band now this next one is one that all up and coming big bands should have in their pad Uh, it's always requested and liked by the students um Originally written by Weather Reports, Joe Zawinul. This is arranged by Sasaji and it's performed 
by the LA All-Stars and of course it's Birdland.
Matthew Haworth. What a cracking arrangement of Birdland. Well done, my friend. Big fans and beyond with Paul Ripley. Well, if you want your tune to be played, do get in touch on Facebook or email me on bigbandsbeyond20 at gmail.com and we can be playing your tune next month. We'll continue with the chat with Michael, Michael Benny, who's uh, a renowned international big band arranger, composer. And he also talks about other things that he got fascinated with, was his jingle writing and stuff like that. This is what he had to say about it. Also, I started writing a lot of jingles and commercials for television and radio. Uh, right after, uh, Maynard, after, well, I was on Maynard's band, but when the band broke up, we had a sextet for a couple of years with Maynard. And then I started doing a lot of recording, and I learned a lot by doing jingles. Okay. I mean, by writing, you know, I also got into more R&B and, and funk by doing jingle dates, too. And, and we were, at the time, I was part of what they called the Young Turks uh, with, with Steve Gadd and Will Lee and Ronnie Cuba and Breckers and, you know, Louis Soloff. We were like sort of the new guys coming onto the jingle scene. So we kind of placed the, 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 the sort of the ancient guys at the time. And... It, Doing those record dates became a lot of fun okay. because of the personnel. More music. Thank you. 
that was WDR Big Band, directed by Michael Benny, of course, uh, with a great tune, Caravan. It's off the tribute to Django Reinhardt's album, featuring the guitarist Borelli Langren. OK, we're going to have a little chat once more with him, and this is about his youth, when he started his music uh, at school. When you were coming through your, your school years, for instance, were you involved with music on the piano? And yeah, yeah, my high school band, uh, which is uh, which is where uh, John Laporta and the trumpet player Lou Mucci, who played lead on, played on a lot of the eleven stuff with them, they re- rehearsed the high school band. So we had some we had some top people rehearsing the high school band, and they did the same thing when we formed when the Newport Youth Band was formed. They were the mentors, and Laporta was writing for the band, Bill Russo, uh, Bill Holman, Ernie Wilkins. We had some great writers writing for this band, for this band right. kids basically. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, I never, uh, as I said, I never really had any formal training in composition or, or arranging. I just, I just went out there. Playlist on Spotify and join us on Facebook. Big bands and beyond. It's not just any bum show. It's Paul Rigby's show. Don't forget, you want to get all of us, just like Clara said there. You can get us on our Facebook, of course. Like always, um, we can have a right natter there. Do check it out. Also, uh, if you want to email us, it's bigbandsandbeyond20 at gmail.com. Come and let me know all about it. If you know anybody who wants to get on the programme or play some music or whatever, I don't care. Just get in touch. be nice to hear from you. Right, gig list time. Right, pens and paper ready. Here we go. 28th of June, that's a Wednesday, the LCMC Big Band and the River Valley Jazz Big Band meet as Clash of the Titans starting at 7.30pm at the Jubilee Social Club in Lancaster. £6 entry. Come down and check out the noise. Coming on from that, 30th of June, the Royal Northern College of Music Big Band at the Royal Northern. Uh, that's at 7pm, I think. Do check the listings online. £15 entry. Uh, we've got some great stars there. Nicky Isles and Mike Walker, of course, will be there. And uh, phenomenal musicians. 2nd of July, the New Light Big Band at the Continental Preston. It's their monthly big band sessions coming to the end of this season. Look out for the listings for the new uh, start in September. But in the meantime... They're there on that Sunday afternoon starting at 2 o'clock. And uh, you can get the tickets online. Just go and have a look at the Continental website and take you to the pages. And finally, on the 9th of July, the Northern Jazz Orchestra at 1 pm are playing as part of the Boston International Festival. The headlining act is Winter Marcellus. That's at the Palace Hotel. Right, you listen to Big Bands and Beyond, and we're on the final hurdle. And um, we've been talking all the two hours to almost two hours. Mr. Michael Lepenny, who's uh, an international acclaimed composer, ranger, writer, musician, and we've had some good chats. Here's the final outing. Have a listen. So when you're writing your compositions, I asked Bob Minzer the same question. How do you come up with the title? Well, you know, it's funny, because I'm a very slow composer. I'm really slow. And then I, when I finally get finished the composition, then my next problem is, what am I going to call this piece? I can't, yeah. you know. And sometimes when I'm writing something, something might occur to me, that generates a name. But it's very difficult, number one, for me to compose as opposed to when I'm writing arrangements, I'm, I'm composing. You know, so, I mean, I think it's one, it's not you were an arranger or a composer. To me, it's one thing, because when I'm writing an arrangement, I'm composing. But as far as actually composing a piece of, that I'm writing that of my own, it takes me a while. Right. I, I go through a real terrible, terrible process, and then the next process is, what the hell am I going to call this piece, you know? 
<laughs> I know Mitch is the same way because Mitch and I go back 40 years together. Right. So, I mean, it's, 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 it's an uphill climb for me all the time. With all the people and musicians you've worked with, is there any fond memories that stand out particularly to you? Uh, yeah, uh, well, Maceo was one thing. Uh, uh, working with um, with uh, Joe Lovano stands out to me all the time. Uh, working with uh, D- uh, Diane Reeves, we did a project with her that was just great. I loved working with her. Uh, Patty Austin, uh, Kurt Elling, as far as the singers go, and then uh, stuff with um, uh, um, what we did. We did a Mingus project with uh, Ernie Watts on saxophone and Greg Gisbert on trumpet. That was a really nice project. Um, there's a lot, a lot of the. We did a thing with uh, Steps Ahead with Mike Minieri, that was fun. I mean, I mean, again, it was like old home week. Mike and I know, go back to the early 1960s. And, I mean, that uh, Steps Ahead band, yeah, uh, great band. And it was nice when Bill Evans was on it, and um, um, great electric bass player Tom Kennedy it was supposed to be Anthony Jackson, but Anthony got ill about right. uh, two weeks before the thing. So fortunately, Tom was available. Steve Smith on drums who had played with, there was a lot of variations of steps ahead. It was with Eddie Gomez, with Peter Erskine, with, you know, Steve, Gad, with Michael Brecker. So, the, but the music was still great. And we did a nice project with, um, with, uh, with um, uh, Randy Brecker and uh, Chris Potter. Right. That was really nice music, you know. Yeah. Um, and when we talked about doing the Roy Hargrove project, I didn't want to do him playing standards. I wanted to do his, his funk-oriented music. So, which which worked out better, which worked out yeah, better for the yeah. band. And, of course, I've got to ask, any funny stories? I know. The, the, well, the, the very first time I was asked to perform at the WDR band, it's kind of strange, the, the, the uh, manager at the time, Wolfgang Hirschmann, he, he wanted me to do something with Maynard Ferguson. So I got hold of Maynard, and, he, and I said, we do some stuff of mine and some of your newest stuff that you're doing. Oh yeah, great, great, love it. Okay, great. So then, uh, so unfortunately, some other managers got involved, and then that we got we couldn't do that because it got to be ridiculous. So uh, I right, I just finished uh, Jim McNeil and I just finished a project for the Carnegie Hall Jazz Band with Chick Korea. So I told the manager, I said, "Look, at I have these shots that I just did with Chick. Why don't I bring some of those, bring those over?" You know, with the band that we, we enlarged the band at the time with two French horns and a tuba, which is what we did with the Carnegie Hall band. And so then uh, he, he, I didn't have enough music. And he said, what did, have you ever worked with Patty Austin? And I said, yeah, just on jingle dates. So, all right, so Patty, so Patty comes over. This is all like a last-minute panic scene, so you got to understand. I'm ready, ready to do the thing with Maynard. So fortunately, I had these charts with Chick. So I come over with Patty, and then Patty gets there, and she said, somebody, I think Quincy or somebody might have given her some charts, but she didn't like the intro. She didn't like the endings. So here I am, like, in the studio writing, writing beginnings and endings for Patty with the charts. <laughs> so fortunately, it worked out great. I mean, it was just panic time. And my first project with the band, thinking, oh, my God, you know, my first project with the band, I don't want to look like an idiot. Thanks so much, Michael, for your time. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad we could do this. It's been such a pleasure having you on the show. Keep watching out for things that pop up on YouTube and I'll come and nag you for some more charts. I got a lot of them, man, believe me. Thanks once again. It's such an honour to have you on the show. Thank you, Paul. Pleasure meeting you you and talking to you, man. Take care, man. Well, we had loads more stuff to put on there, but uh, we had a good natter and uh, I can't wait to meet him again. He's such a lovely guy and what a, a, a talent 
and uh, the music that he's written over the years is phenomenal. So I hope we see him again and I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I did and we'll finish off with one of his. We'll see you again on next month's show and until then, enjoy. <laughs> FM streaming from our website and on smart speakers live and local across the Ribble Valley Ribble FM news